Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, March 10th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Equity markets rallied yesterday on hopes that European leaders will take action to ease the economic impact of the Ukraine war and Citigroup's struggling to offload its Russian retail bank. Plus, we'll check in with our Paris bureau chief on how the war in Ukraine is affecting French voters as they get ready to head to the polls next month for a presidential election. Ukraine is clearly figures large now because it's such a serious crisis, you know, a war in Europe on the borders of the European Union. But like all elections, a lot of it will be decided on the way the economy was handled and so on. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. and European stocks staged a big comeback yesterday. The S&P 500 was up more than 2.5%. The Nasdaq ended the day more than 3.5% higher. This came as energy prices eased. The price of Brent crude was down around 11.5%. Investors were betting that European leaders will take some action to limit the economic impact of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The European Central Bank meets today, and other EU leaders are gathering in Versailles to discuss an integrated response. Here's the FT's Brussels bureau chief, Sam Fleming. There's clearly some discussion now about whether there needs to be more common borrowing, common debt issuance to fund the collective response to this crisis, including the energy side of things. But there is a lot of member states uh, would argue there's actually a, a lot of common debt being issued already in the EU. It's too soon to be talking about adding to that um, common debt issuance. And so the focus really needs to be on maximizing the use of existing facilities rather than trying to conjure up new uh, recovery funds or or whatever at this stage. Um, I think this debate isn't going to go away. Clearly, there is going to be an ongoing push from especially some southern parts of Europe for extra EU um, budgetary muscle to be booked put behind the the fight against the current economic crisis. Um, But this is something that's always tended to divide the EU. So I think it's probably a little early to expect uh, any deal on this now. Sam Fleming is the FT's Brussels bureau chief. Citigroup is trying to get rid of its retail bank in Russia, not because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It's been trying to offload the consumer bank since last year. But now Russia's at war and its banking industry has been slammed by sanctions. And because of this, our U.S. banking correspondent Imani Moise says Citigroup is having an even harder time getting rid of the business. Well, the only publicly confirmed potential bidder is now sanctioned. So you can't do a transaction with that bank unless you get a specific waiver from the government, which it looks like the government's going to be pretty unlikely to grant, given just the direction it looks like geopolitical tensions are going right now. And as you report, Imani, Citibank Russia is not small. It's got about half a million customers. Deposits have been growing and it's profitable. Um, What is Citi going to do if they can't sell it? Well, they can petition for a grant from the government, like I said, or they can find a non-sanctioned buyer. However, um, just from the conversations that we're having, it seems like there aren't a lot of people who are interested in touching Russian assets right now. That's looking unlikely. And then also just getting rid of the business, winding it down, closing up shop, um, which of course would be an expensive process because you have loans out to consumers and you want to be paid back. If you're shutting down, what motivation do you have for making good on that promise? That's our U.S. banking correspondent, Imani Moise. 
The war in Ukraine is overshadowing the French presidential election. French voters head to the polls next month, and at the moment, the incumbent, President Emmanuel Macron, is leading the race among several candidates. To talk about where things stand and how the war in Ukraine is weighing on French voters and candidates, I'm joined by Victor Mallet. He's our Paris bureau chief. Hey, Victor. Hello. So, Victor, real quick, can you give us a little bit of background? What's happening with these elections? This is uh, Emmanuel Macron, who's standing for re-election after five years in power. He he kind of uh, swept the board at the last election in 2017. He was a surprise candidate. He said he was neither right nor left. And he basically sort of demolished the the traditional candidates of right and left in, fr- in French politics. And he's now standing for re-election. It looks as though, from current polling, as though he's going to win again. Although, of course, nothing is certain in French or indeed any other politics. So, Victor, Macron was going to have a big event this weekend, but then he postponed it because he was going to be too busy with diplomatic efforts to get Putin to try and stop the war in Ukraine. Um, Has Ukraine and Macron's involvement been good or bad for him and as a candidate and uh, in the polls? Yeah, no, he's always been he's always been very internationalist. He's always been very active on the diplomatic front. I mean, that is, in a way, the job of a French president. They tend not to get too much involved in, in domestic politics, and they tend to do stuff on the international stage. And he's actually tried, since he took office in 2017, to try and bring Vladimir Putin on board, so to speak. You know, he says Russia must be recognized as a great power, as a European power. He's done that all the way through his presidency. And sometimes to the dismay of some of his European neighbors and indeed uh, to the Americans, I think. But he's always said, look, we have to talk to Putin because it's the only way we're going to avoid war. And of course, that accelerated in the buildup to the invasion of Ukraine and ultimately he failed. But the signs are that voters do not hold it against him. So how much of this election is about Ukraine and what are the other big issues on the minds of voters? Ukraine is clearly sort of figures large now because it's such a serious crisis. You know, a war in Europe on the borders of the European Union is a very is a very big deal. But like all elections, uh, a lot of it will be decided on the state of the economy uh, and the way that the pandemic was handled, the way the economy was handled and so on. So a lot of domestic issues are coming up as well. But it is true that the the crisis in Ukraine has kind of overshadowed a lot of the issues that other candidates, Macron's rivals, were trying to raise in this election campaign. For example, Eric Zemmour and Marine Le Pen, the two candidates from the far right, they were very much talking about law and order, about Muslim immigration to France and how terrible these things were. And that has actually been pretty much buried in in recent sort of debating because of the crisis is so severe and because the economic factors, including the ones that are exacerbated by that war, the, the high cost of Petrol and diesel, for example, the high cost of fuel for, for heating homes has really affected the way people think about the issues that matter. So there are a number of candidates, a, a few that you just mentioned, Victor. Can you give us a rundown of Macron's key rivals? It looks from the polls as though his most likely uh, rival in the second round is going to be once again uh, Marine Le Pen of the far-right uh, Rassemblement National Party. She was his rival in uh, 2017. He beat her then. He is forecast to beat her now, although it's not certain. Uh, and he's forecast to beat her by a narrower margin than he beat her last time at the moment. But the, the war in Ukraine has actually done some damage to the other candidates, including initially Marine Le Pen, because she and the other far-right candidate uh, Eric Zemmour and the far left candidate Jean-Luc Mélenchon 
uh, who are all quite high in the polls, were all basically sympathetic to Putin. And indeed, they've had to kind of rapidly backtrack in most cases, to sort of uh, explain how they're not really Putin lovers after all. Victor Mallet is the FT's Paris bureau chief. Thanks, Victor. Thank you. Before we go, Amazon announced a 20 to 1 stock split yesterday. The move is meant to boost the stock price in the face of heavy operating costs and concerns over staff retention. Amazon's last stock split was in 1999. In another effort to boost its stock price, Amazon also announced yesterday a $10 billion share buyback. Investors seem to like all this. Amazon shares jumped more than 10% in after-hours trading. You can read more in all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.